Welcome to another episode of the Best Friends Podcast. Best Friends Discuss Podcast. I did it better. You're out of sync there, buddy. Yeah, my my mind's moving too fast because what did we just do, Brad? We went and saw A Quiet Place Part 2. Part 2. Part Dos, Dosarino. Uh, it's been a while since we've done a movie review uh, for a lot of reasons. Joker ruined it for us. <laughs> We should do a lot more this year, though, because we already put out one stating all the movies we want to see. Yep. And uh, this was one of the top ones we wanted to see. Yeah. Yeah, this was this was very high on both of our lists. And before we get into it, so my favorite movie of the year so far is Nobody. Yours was Nobody, but it got overtaken by... Wrath of Man. Wrath of Man. Let me ask you this before we get into the review. Has this movie taken that spot? Mm. I know. Hard-hitting question. I'm Mike, by the way. <laughs> uh, I I will say it did not for me. I still like Nobody. Yeah, I, I think Wrath of Man is still top for me right now. So just barely, but it still is. So let me ask you this then: Did is nobody above Quiet Place no. Part Two, or is Quiet Place Part Two your second? Quiet Place Part Two is probably my second. Okay, I really like Nobody, so I I think it will stay that way for me. Um, but okay, so Brad, Mike. We're obviously going to get into spoilers. We literally just got out of the movie theater, came to your place, set everything up to record a podcast on Quiet Place Part 2. Yes. We purposely did not discuss anything from the drive from the movie theater to your place because I really wanted to discuss it on the podcast. Like, honestly, uh, like five minutes in, I was like, we're going we're, we're gonna to record a podcast yeah. on this because we liked it. Uh, or... Well, I don't know what you think. <laughs> um, but before we get into that, Brad, give us a synopsis of Quiet Place. We both watched it uh, this past week uh, as a refresher yep. uh, to get ourselves pumped up for part two. Give us a synopsis of what happened in part one. Obviously, spoilers for anyone who hasn't seen it. I mean, it is a few years old at this point. It is. Uh, it came out in 2017, I believe. 2018, 2017. One of those two years. I think 18. I think... Yeah, something like that. Yeah. I don't know. When was MoviePass active? <laughs> 2017, 2018. Uh, so I guess general synopsis of the first movie would be you're following a family um, where something has happened in the world where there are these new creatures that attack anything based off of sound. Mm -hmm. um, so it starts off at the day 472. And it's them basically trying to live their life and do everything that they're doing. Um, and it starts off in, uh, them in town trying to grab stuff and quickly escalates with the son making some noise and being killed um, right off the bat. Dun, so dun, dun. just leads into some serious drama right there. Um, so you can just kind of see basically where the stakes are in this world. Um, from there, it moves on to them living in their house and seeing how they have to live day by day, um, dealing with the fact of no noise, um, or at least keeping it down to a point, uh, along with seeing how they deal with 
survival tactics. Um, so you have the bomb that does all basically that, like the housework and the chores and stuff for the most part and teaching the kids. Yep. Um, and the father is at this point kind of like the hunter gatherer. So he's going out he's going hunting, um, fishing. He's got a bunch of different traps set into the river, uh, along with also trying to find some kind of survival enclave. So he's got a bottom like bunker area, like, or the basement, basement in his house. Um, and he uses that for two functions. A is trying to find a signal of any other survivors out there. Um, and then the other one is to try to help out his deaf daughter um, and get her um, basically hearing aid or ocular device working for her. Um, it starts off with some different drama with, between the father and the daughter. Yeah. Um, she thinks he blames her for the death of the youngest the youngest um and i guess as an audience you're kind of supposed to infer that too by the fact of him not taking her with him even though she's the oldest to go fishing instead he takes the youngest son mm -hmm. or i guess well now the youngest uh <laughs> yeah um and uh, at along with the same time um the mother is pregnant with a newborn kid that's supposed to be born in about three weeks time mm -hmm. um so they go off to uh, fish um while this happens the daughter goes off to basically go to the grave of the youngest son um and the mother's doing laundry in that and this is where you find out kind of the difference in noise variance because while they're at the river the son is freaking out because some noise gets made um, but John Krasinski's character, like, basically starts telling him that there's differences between large noise and, and small noises. But if there becomes a big enough noise, then even the large noises don't matter. So they go behind a waterfall. Um, <laughs> I know, dang dog. And he uh, yells, which freaks out the kid. But then the kid also screams um, once he realizes he's not going to be able to get hurt. And uh, then they start to go home. Um, and about this time is where the mother, Emily Blunt, she starts to go into premature labor at this point. Yes. 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 Yeah. Yep. And she goes downstairs to try to find, my guess is, John Krasinski at this time. No. She's going uh early labor and they she went to go flip the switch to signify there's something wrong well yes that too but i feel like it was a little bit of both honestly oh no but yeah she goes down there she flips a switch on her way down she steps on a nail oh god um which that is probably my worst part in the movie by the way off the first one which is the raising of the nail just getting caught on like the laundry and so it sets it up where you know that's going to be an issue right but it's a checkoff's gun yeah yeah so uh she steps on the nail uh she stops herself from screaming she is probably like the best character in this entire two movie sets that knows how to like hold her emotions and screams and stuff best i feel yeah um but she flips the switch 
but she's made some noise while she was down. Yeah, she dropped a uh, picture frame. Yep. And it smashed. And yeah, when she when she stepped on the nail. Um. So at this point, the creatures come to investigate the noise and basically kill whoever's there. Um. And she has to kind of hide out at this time. Um. And then uh, John Krasinski's character comes over the ridge and he sees all the lights are red, which is the signal that everything is that something is wrong. <laughs> Things are fucked. <laughs> so he instructs his son to go basically shoot off some fireworks so that oh wait that's poop yeah <laughs> so that isn't, um, it, isn't it this like i have no idea i don't know sign language i think i think i think it's this okay anyway. anyways so uh the boy's freaking out a bit but he basically convinces his son that he needs to do this to save his mom um so he goes off to do that john krasinski goes run into the house um Fireworks go off, so the monsters kind of leave. At this point, she is going into full-blown labor. Um, she's hiding upstairs in a bathtub, um, and she's starting to bleed um, while she's starting to give birth. But she hears the fireworks go out, and this is where you hear the second scream in the movie, basically. Um, uh, so this is one thing we really liked off the first movie. There's literally only, like, three points of noise. Yeah. Um. And that's the screams. I mean, besides whatever the monsters do or any, like, environmental yeah. items. We, we often talk about when we went and saw it in theater that it was so quiet, you heard so much outside noise from the – like, we heard a, a police sirens yeah. outside of the theater passing by. It yeah. was so quiet in the theater. So this is the second scream. So the, the first one is, is – one of kind of joy being able to actually make noise behind the waterfall. This one is of pure agony mm -hmm. um, of Emma, Emily Blunt's character as she's giving labor. Um, but anyways, so John Krasinski comes in to get her. He thinks she's dead because all he sees is blood. And then a bloody handprint comes up like behind him on the shower um, door. And that's how he realizes she's, alive so he goes to take her into like their safe area that they've created including like a box for the baby um that has an oxygen tank and is soundproof so that while it cries it has a place that it can be there without making enough noise for the creatures yeah, instead of using just a pillow um so he starts carrying her out to that area um the daughter that's at the um gravesite gravesite starts to notice the rockets going off in the air so she starts hightailing it back to the house, too. Um, she gets back, and the boy has decided that he needs to hide because of some creatures that start to follow him underneath the tractor. So she gets back. She's in the middle of a field, and there's she sees the light. Um, and this is the first point that you realize that her... Um, hearing aid actually affects the creatures. So when they come close enough contact, they or close enough range, it starts to create a frequency. Yeah, it's it's kind of like um a bad mic connection, honestly. Yeah, where like ours. Yeah. It, it <laughs> no. Oh, sorry. No, we're, we're professionals. professionals. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> Another one. <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so the monster comes up behind her, which she can't hear because she's deaf. 
Um, but you start to see him freaking out, um, and then he just runs away. She finds her brother, and then they go to hide on top of um, a silo. And yes. at this point, the mother, once they're safe, tells um, John Krasinski's character he needs to go find her kids. So he goes out to go find them. They fall into the silo. Like, they fall through the door at the top, um, which creates way too much noise. The creatures come after those kids again. Um, and once again, they're saved by the hearing aid once it goes off. Um, and he's in close enough range inside the silo the, itself. And then he just busts through. So they jump out of the silo at about the time that John Krasinski's character makes it to the two kids. Yeah. Um, but it's still too much noise around there. The creatures come back one last time. Um, and it's sitting on the roof. So John Krasinski's character tells them to go to the car. Um because they have an old beat-up truck just in the middle of the field. So they go run there. The daughter goes underneath. The son goes inside. Um, and, God, what was it that made the noise? The, the son makes a noise somehow. Um. Oh, that's right. The, the creature was actually going to attack John Krasinski's character. Yeah, and so he, honked he the horn. instead opens the door and yells, "Dad!" That's actually what it is. Mm, yes. No. He actually uses a word and he goes, "Dad." No, no, no. I. <sighs> no, that's exactly what happens. He doesn't honk the horn because that's what I thought too. And then when I rewatched it, no, he actually yells. I thought he because it wasn't like a like a moment of like he's about to get hit and goes dad because so the kids run to the car because that's that's actually how the daughter the gets back yes but that's how the daughter gets in because he opened up the door to scream right. but it's it's uh the the creatures on the roof and he goes to swing and it, at, and and it, it hits him yeah it hits and that's him. when when the kid the, goes dad but yeah he yells he yeah. opens up the door and he yells and so the creature starts to come there the daughter also jumps into the truck at this time it jumps on the truck and this is the third scream in the movie um, where John Krasinski, he's sitting back there and he basically signs to the two kids, mainly his daughter at the time, that I love you and that he has always loved her. Um, and then he screams out in the only way you could you could say a sacrifice like he knows it's it, it's just a sacrifice for his kids. So powerful. Such a powerful moment. Yeah. Which, um, I'm just going to put this out there. Zack Snyder, learn from John Krasinski, you piece of shit. <sighs> Justice League, six-hour Snyder Cut is garbage. Or Army of the Dead, garbage. John, or Dave Batista fucking doesn't kill himself. Uh, lets his kid do it for him. So, he makes the final sacrifice, um... And he dies. The kids make it back to the house. They go. Um, the the creatures follow him one last time. And they go into the basement. And the daughter uses her hearing aid in along with the speaker system he has down there for the radio. And makes enough noise that it, I mean, it severely hurts the creature. And the way they're, they're kind of made their like whole head opens up so that they can like hear yeah they it, have like armor plating 
and it opens up enough, um, Emily Blunt just destroys it. Just yes. one shot kill, man. One shot kill. Yeah, and then then it, it cuts to the cameras, or the camera moves to the TV of of the cameras surrounding yeah. the area, and, and you see two more two skitter more. by. Oh, yeah, so cool. Um, and then she just lock and loads <laughs> one last time. Yeah. Um, uh, I will say the the creatures. It honestly reminds me of just just demigorgons from Stranger Things. Oh, absolutely. But they're just knockoff demigorgons. Yeah, like, pretty much. It was this movie, Stranger Things, and then like one or two more movies that just had just slimy, reptilian, creature-esque things that kind of resembled demigorgons that mm-hmm. you were just like, that, okay, you got generic monsters. But yeah. anyway. Um, and that's pretty much it for that movie. Um, it was great, especially like when we first watched it to have a movie with that much emotion and no talking. Yes. Like literally the only talking really is the yelling of dad at the one point and then at the river when he's actually able to talk, uh, at the river. And then also, um, at, uh, uh, when they're underneath in the bunker, um, when after Emily Blunt gives birth. And she's like, you need to go save our kids. Yeah, but there's very few talking It's, it's at like all. 23 lines of dialogue, I think, Yeah, is is what it is, where you have you know a movie that has like d- fucking like 400 yeah. uh, lines of dialogue. So it's very minuscule. But they got all the emotion you needed without talking yep. in this. Um, it's honestly, I would say perfectly paced. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't feel too long. It doesn't feel, I mean... It almost feels a little too short just because you're so invested in the movie. Yeah. But it's not like too short. Um, straight to the point, basically. Um, but when we walked out of that movie, there was a few things that we were wondering, which is like, where did they come from? Yeah. Um, and just the backstory of everything. And that's what Quiet Place 2 gives you a little bit more of. I will say that the first Quiet Place is, like Brad said, uh, is pretty well paced, and, and it, 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 it's a very simple movie if you really like look at it. It's very simple and it's very smart. And yeah. I've I've always liked <coughs> smart TV shows or smart movies where like they took time and actually thought it out. Of like you know, even with something so small as like playing Monopoly. How would you play Monopoly, but you have to make it quiet? Oh, they use felt little like characters, and and they roll the dice not on the board, but in on a carpet piece and stuff like that. Like it's smart thinking, and again, like uh, like soundproofing a, a, a baby basket and with and having oxygen. Like it's smart thinking. Like you're having a child, which I gotta say is probably the most irresponsible thing in this movie. Between John Krasinski and a- Emily Blunt, it, that is the one thing that I'm like. See, and I don't see it that way. Like, I get, I get, you lost a child, but but you know that there are monsters. In like, and but I get they were already pregnant when they lost the child. Were they? Yep. Because when you look at it, it starts day hundred day four hundred and seventy two is when he dies. Day hun- day four hundred and seventy three is when all the other events happen. And it starts off in the next movie, day day four hundred and seventy four. It's right. literally two days worth of stuff. Right. They were already pregnant when he died. When the kid died. Yeah. No. Yeah. 
No, I th- I thought no it, because it starts off saying day four hundred and seventy two, and that's when they're leaving the pharmacy. I thought it was like day one twenty seven or something like no. that. Like, oh. Anyway, like. Anyway, so. Um, but even so, even it, if it was, you have to like, the human race has to survive. No, and I get that, but but. So far, like, like even on the board, right? The, he has a whiteboard going weaknesses, question mark, question mark, question mark. Y- why bring in a child to the world when you know that? I mean, what is what is super loud? A fucking baby crying. That is fucking ear shattering loud for these creatures. Like, so for me, I whatever. Like, I I get movie has to movie. It's just one of those things. I was like. Really, you guys are boning to get another child in because you lost another one? Whatever. Um, but it, it's a smart movie. And that's the point I'm trying to make is it's a very smart, well-thought-through movie of, of things like that. Like Emily Blunt taking a kitchen timer and, you know, you know, setting a timer and putting it somewhere else so she could run back upstairs and stuff. So it's a very smart movie. And it goes in the second one. It continues with that. And that's yes. why I appreciate it about it. I would say a lot less, though. It, it definitely is a lot less. Not as smart as the first one. Definitely a lot less. Th- um, Which is why I would say this movie is not like my favorite movie of this year. Because if this followed the same exact path, basically as Quiet Place One, in uh, the smart aspect of that first movie, it easily would have overtaken it. So easily would have overtaken it. So I will say that there were a lot of characters not doing smart things. But there was a lot of instances of of smart things happening, like um, what was cool. So so the first one you you saw John Krasinski's family, which I also want to bring up. I, I don't remember them ever saying a name for any of the characters in the first movie. And this movie, they they actually like named the characters. Now then again, I I didn't watch the credits recently for the first one to see if there was names for him. But it was nice to have, like, Emily Blunt go, Lee, or whatever, you know. The Um, other thing is they didn't really need it when you're only focusing on literally one family. Yeah, Simon. But what was cool was, so so in the first movie, you saw John Krasinski's family, like, how they were surviving. Like, you you know, you saw jars of, 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 not pickled, but, like, they're preserved so they can eat it later. They're on a farm. They're growing uh, corn, you know. You saw that, and then in in part two, you saw a different person and how he was able to survive. Uh, you saw a few different, uh, actually. Yeah, you did see a, a few different, but but I'm mainly talking about the main uh, male character, uh, Cillian Murphy, and how he was surviving, which yeah. was, again, here's a smart moment of it. It was like a furnace hatch, would you say? Yeah, or, something like that. Um, and he. So he would close the latch, but he kept a uh, a white scarf so it wouldn't close, but it will also close silently. Yeah. Um, and then he also had a watch that he would set a timer to open up the hatch periodically because you were obviously losing air. So it's moments like that where there was smart moments, but not smart character moments. Like, fuck off, dog. <laughs> fuck. That's going to get you done by PETA. Uh, th- it was off camera. You didn't see it. Um, but, uh, for example, the the little boy, the boy, Marcus, I believe is what they called him. 
uh, Marcus had several moments of just stupidity. Um, and it's, uh, you, you even leaned towards me and was like, I hope this kid dies in this movie. <laughs> yeah, I wanted him to die. He caused so much issues in this movie. One of them was not his fault. And that that was probably the most, like, the gruesome moment that the entire theater was like, oh, God. Like, it reminds me of kind of, like, like how the theater winces uh, when we went and saw Brightburn and the shard of glass in that lady's eye. Yeah. And pulling out, we were just like, oh, stop it. Gross. <laughs> um, it was um, – they were running – they made noise – and uh, a creature was coming, so they were running through this uh, train yard field, and uh, I'm guessing there's ceiling, a bear trap. Yeah, there's a build bear trap, and the kid steps in it, and oh my god, we everyone in the theater was like, oh no. Um, but it is again that amazing acting of of that that kid fucking sold it for me that he was in pain because there was just. Like, um, I will say the kid, you could tell that he aged. Like, this movie is obviously, like, three years apart from yeah, each other. but it's supposed to only be a day. But it's supposed <laughs> to be a day. You could tell he he kind of aged, and it was hitting puberty a little bit compared to the other movie. Where the girl, really, I didn't I didn't really see anything. But then again, she also didn't talk that much. Um, but, like, he was shrieking in pain. And I was like, fuck that. Oh, God, that's horrible horrible but uh but yeah so anyway so do you want to talk about what you liked and didn't like about this movie and stuff so i think my biggest problem with this movie is there was a lot more dumb decisions Mm -hmm. a lot more dumb decisions um along with a lot more like with those decisions were based on bad premises um so some of my bigger complaints were the lack of use of other types of noise to distract the creatures. So in the first one, you had that a lot. You had the rockets going off. You had her setting a timer so it would go to another area. Mm-hmm. It, it happened a lot because they understood like how the creature like works and stuff like that. I guess some of it can be semi like okay because they're kids and they should like maybe just don't understand as much emily blunt's character once again though is the smartest one in this movie Mm -hmm. like she understands this she's able to basically kind of like take one out or distract it enough that she can get to her son by using other forms of noise to get back but all the other people have no concept of using extra noise to stop the creatures or whatever. The only other one that countered that was the other guy in this movie on the dock. Cillian Murphy. Yeah. Yeah. He's the only one that was able to do it. And he did it honestly just to kill. <laughs> so so the moment Brad's talking about is is um basically Cillian Murphy uh and the deaf girl. I don't think we got a name for her. I think it's supposed to be Evelyn. Evelyn? No. No, Evelyn's the mom, because that was Emily Blunt's character. I thought that was Emma. I thought she... Anyway. So, the deaf girl and Cillian Murphy's character, um, they... She concocted a plan 
to basically go to a radio tower to take her uh, uh, hearing aid, hearing basically. aid, and s- you know slap it onto the microphone and broadcast her frequency to kill the monsters, basically. And Cillian Murphy was like, "No, we got to go back." But then she, he was like, "All right, you talked me into it, <laughs> even though you don't talk, but we're understanding each other, whatever." And so they leave, and and he's like, "I found a boat. Let's go." And so they go to the boat dock, and they're, he's unhooking the boat, and then all of a sudden, you just see in the background a shadow w- run by. And he's just like, oh, what's that? There's not supposed to be people around. And so he goes and investigates and sees a little girl, walks up to the little girl. And this was another dumb moment. I'm sorry, but if, you ha- if you're on a mission, you- get on the fucking boat. I'm right there with you. Yeah. I would not have gone after this little girl. Yeah. So the little girl is like, She's looking down, and, and he puts the gun down, and he's like, he's like, hey. He puts his arms out like, come here. Yeah, right. like, you're okay. And she, she looks up and then puts a rope around his neck and then runs away. And uh, the rope is attached to basically a, a bunch fishing of glass net. jars. Yeah, a fishing net full of junk that is making noise. And so – and then all of a sudden, these fish uh, dock people are coming out of nowhere with lanterns. And they're trying to take the girl away, and he signifies, like, hey, dive. And so she dives into the water. He runs up, making noise, which attracts two of the monsters. He grabs the guy and is, like, walking him back, and then he wraps the cord around, fishnet around him. And a pole. Yeah. And then dives into the water. Yeah. After stabbing him, so he yelled. Yeah. He's like, ah! So um, those are, like, two good points of using, like, extra noise. Um, and then the third last one was a car honking and driving away yeah. to um, save a bunch of other people. But that's about it. Instead, we had a lot of – a lot of it comes down to this stupid kid where he leaves what he's supposed to be doing so he could just go investigate for a little bit. Yeah, I was I was a little bit confused on that because so so – the deaf girl and Cillian Murphy's character, they're on their mission. They're on their mission. Emily Blunt it has to has to go out. Like there is no, she has no choice. She has to go back to that pharmacy from the first one to pick up medication for her son. Yep, uh, new bandages for him and new bandages because of his yep. uh, uh, bear trapped leg and an oxygen tanks for the baby. For the baby, and so she has to do that. And she's like, son. Marcus, stay here. Take care of the baby. You're safe. You know exactly what to do. Just stay here. Yeah. Just and he cannot listen. He just there's at one point it's like he looks off to see something, like that's sitting on the table or whatever, and it distracts him. And then he's just like, I know what I need to do. Put the baby in the basket thing, and then just go. Like, I think what are he, you doing? I think he saw the radio, and he was like, Oh yeah, my sister's out there. And he's like, because uh, the his sister was like. Hey, keep listening to the radio. I'm gonna like you're you'll hear when this thing goes off. My plan. I have no idea. But but yeah. So so he leaves. It's a underground facility that they're at, and he climbs up the ladder, opens up a hatch, closes the hatch, and then walks upstairs. And it's basically just the like like a sniper's hideout basically yeah of Cillian Murphy's character right and then he's just looking at pictures and then he opens up this thing and sees his dead wife that's it freaks out and makes a shit ton of noise yeah but 
this is where I'm confused of what was his plan because he he went up there with binoculars. I have no idea. This uh, is where I'm I'm so confused of what the kid was doing. Like it was definitely I will say it was probably the most shoddy writing in this movie of we just need to make something happen to get a monster here. Yeah. So it was definitely like those were the moments that we were like God, this was not a smart move. No, it was not a smart move. Uh, the other one that bugs me is the fact that the daughter went off by herself. Yep. Because the kid's like, I'm going to tell mom and mom won't let you go. Which, I'm sorry, but if I was in that situation and this kid has kind of basically figured something out, you have the way to kind of hurt them. I would have been like, yeah, all right. No, we'll go. We you just, just need You literally time. just need to give me like five days to help your freaking brother heal. Yeah. And then just... I would have done it like they're, but they're convinced the mom wouldn't have gone. Yeah. So she goes off by herself, which is the dumbest move. You're deaf. You can't hear these creatures. And then she goes off. Um, she makes a shit ton of noise in a boxcar, basically. And then she sees a creature, which good, because if she didn't, she would have been dead. Um, and then she fights off another one of these. But it's just it's a dumb decision for her to go off on her her own. Because with zero, like, with being deaf, you cannot tell something's coming behind you. You mm -hmm. also don't know how much noise you're making walking. I don't understand why somebody would go off like this. Yeah. The one thing I would Or why your mom wouldn't, like, agree with you. Yeah. Like, so under this circumstances, your mom would agree with you. Yeah. Especially since, like, your mom saw that that they have a weakness. Actually, I actually uh, liked in the first one that it was a like a wham-bam combo kind of attack where the daughter, you know, put the earpiece to the microphone and the mom took the shotgun and sh shot the creature's brains out. Like, yeah. it was a wham-bam combo. But then the deaf girl leaves by herself to just be the bam combo. And <laughs> I guess the wham combo. Yeah, the wham. No bam. Um, because, and this is another thing of like, it was a dumb move was she has to put the earpiece up to the boom box, which by the way, by the way, so boom box kind of confused me. So it was just a, like an amp speaker. Yeah. It was ba basically an amplifier, but there was a moment where she cut the cord off of it. And I'm guessing that's for the cord for the outlet. And then she just plugged the headphones and, and it works yeah. and it works. And it was just kind of like a. You're just gonna have to believe it. Yeah. Moment, and I was like, all right, I guess I'll just have to believe it. Um, but so she presses the thing to the microphone, and she doesn't have the forethought of like getting, I don't know, like a rubber band or tape to you know tape it up. Uh, so then she's got to try to hold the gun with one hand yes. and do this with the other, which is not good. And she's trying to balance it on her knee and shoots it and misses grazes. well yeah she grazes, grazes it, that's it, right basically and and she's trying to pump the shotgun uh with one hand and it and it gets caught yeah and she basically gives up she she's like oh no and she's like come on work more come on and then she gets saved and then cillian <laughs> murphy gets saved and now that, that was a lot of moment of like all right yeah of course that happens so that's probably my biggest issue with this though is just a bunch of dumb decisions and less use of what you already know their weakness is yep that is my biggest issue with this we did learn a new weakness uh, kind of a weakness more of a of a fault um is they can't swim yeah which leads me to probably my least favorite moment uh that i it was my head shaking 
during this moment. Uh, and I, there was a moment I looked at you and I was just like, motherfucker. And I started laughing because I knew what was going to happen. Um, so where Cillian Murphy and the deaf girl needs to go is an island because they can't swim that has a radio tower there to then broadcast the system. Yeah. Um, and you find out from one of the people there that they've made or they have houses and such um, that there was at one point 12, uh, uh, not National Guard boats. Was it National Guard? Well, they said the National Guard basically. He, he st- tells a story of once they found out they can't swim, the National Guard started telling people to get onto boats and just to go out to sea, basically. Yeah. And so there was 12 different 12 boats that were stationed there. But because, you know, it's a pandemic, basically, and everybody's like trying to get onto there. People are freaking out. They start screaming. The monsters come destroy all but two boats. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, so, yeah, they have to go to this island. And when they're at the fishing dock to find a boat, uh, you know, they're on a boat and they're starting to go off to sea. But there's a moment where w- uh, one of the creatures falls into the water and is like splashing around because it can't swim. And then another monster is on top of that same boat and it starts to drift off. And then there's a moment where Cillian Murphy uh, like has a sweet moment with with the deaf girl saying like, hey, you're just like your father, you know, heroic, whatever, smart, yeah. whatever. And he goes off and he's looking at a picture of his family or whatever. And then he hears a noise. And this is where I started laughing because I was like, fucking of course, it's going to be that monster on a boat. Yeah, on that same boat. And And so he goes around the corner, sees the boat that is like, carved up from the monster's claws and then he's like oh the boat's here and it it, this is where i'm like okay a little bit disbelief a the boat got there (laughs) b it looked like it got docked it looked like the 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 creature got onto the shore and pulled the boat in and then wrapped it around like it got docked and i didn't that's not how i saw it it was basically in a cove but it was in a bad area basically yeah where it was backed up to like a broken like bridge type of a yeah, thing yeah i mean it wasn't a it cove. is a weird placement yeah. i will give you that but i didn't see it as basically being docked I, but it, it is a very weird placement. I, w- I would say it was more just in my head i thought it was docked like i thought it would be funny to see a monster just like pulling it <laughs> in and then you know wrapping it around but yeah so that's where i was like in all of the sea several things had to happen right it it literally had to just get drifted off and make its way pretty much beeline to this island. I mean, and it drifted in less than a day straight to the island yeah. that they were in. It is a little bit more of a disbelief kind of it, thing. It really – but it, it was, it was again, one of those moments where the movie has to move you. Yeah. And you just kind of have to believe it to get past it, again, with, like, the, the amplifier. Uh cutting the cord and suddenly it works whatever um but yeah so i really i really enjoyed this movie uh i definitely like the first one better way better yeah but this one i think it did a a nice job at uh giving backstory and uh but not having i'm glad that it didn't cut back and forth between you know like day 112 um and then going back to day 400 whatever yeah um the movie starts off with basically 
day one, this is what happened. And I liked it. I, I thought it was very nice. And there was a lot of like still building moments for characters. It, they all still left stuff in mystery. I like the fact that they didn't yes. just like flat out explain everything. Like this is exactly where they came from. There, yes. there is still some mystery in it. Uh, I will also say the attention to detail in this movie was outstanding. Yes. Uh, it was, and there was a lot of like, um, not foreshadowing, but kind of like a throwback where uh, John Krasinski goes to the the pharmacy where you know the first movie starts off. And he's picking out, out oranges and apples and a case of water. And he walks past the thing and it shows the the, uh, the toy that killed the son. Yeah, the toy that <laughs> killed the son. And I was like, ooh. Like, I looked at Brad. I was like, ooh. Um, but there was, there was also moments where um, I'm, I, I will say I'm glad that I watched uh, the first one again recently um, because – you could tell that they went back and watched it and watched it and watched it to pick up on details. Uh, for example, when in the first movie, when the deaf girl was at her younger youngest brother's um, memorial placement, she had her backpack and she opened it and put the toy that killed the kid there, right? And then when it cuts to when the fireworks were going off, she just books it. She leaves her backpack there. Then when the mom in the second movie is walking towards the pharmacy, she obviously ha- stops at the, the memorial where the kid died, and you see the backpack. And I was yeah. like, that's a great detail. I really liked that. Um, but also in this movie, you kind of – it was um, kind of – it wasn't explained, but it was like you could kind of infer to it. One of them being in the first movie, you know, the mom kind of seems to have like a, I felt like a medical bra- background, you know, like, you know, looking at the medication and seeing like it says like, uh, uh, like uh, um, omnipotent or whatever, right? Like, like medical names for drugs. And she's like, yeah, I need that one. I need that one. I don't need that one. Right. And so it kind of made me think that she had somewhat of knowledge of of a medical field like a nurse or a doctor or whatever or maybe even like a, a vet um and then in the first one john krasinski was very like tech savvy trying to fix stuff reading books and was more of a survivalist i don't know about you but of what i picked up in the second movie on day one i feel like he is either like ex-military or military on leave or he's a police officer is kind of what I got the feeling of. Uh, uh, my only evidence I have would be when he's at his kid's uh, baseball game, he takes out a knife that looks military issue, and he's cutting an orange. And I was like, okay, usually military people will have a knife on them. Um, and then when he's with his daughter and getting in his truck, a cop sh- pulls up and he gets out like he kn- like obviously he knows the cop because it's a small town yeah. but it om- it's almost like he's like what's the situation what are we doing to fix it and yeah. it's almost like he's addressing him as like chief of police or as a cop so that's kind of where i got it but it was never specified and i kind of like that that you could kind of be like is he this is he that is she that is she- what where are they yeah so uh, but yeah, the detail in this movie was was great. Um, 
trying to think of what else. Emily Blunt was awesome. Um, she was probably the smartest one. Uh, oh, yeah. Easily. Bar none. Uh, there, was a, there was a moment where I... Uh, so, I will say... I didn't like the pacing in this as much. But I think it was needed. Like, the pacing in the first one was great. The, the pacing in this kind of... It, it definitely went down a few degrees for me in pacing. Uh, but it ramped back up at a certain point where where uh, they have three different stories happening at the same time. Cillian Murphy and the deaf girl going on her thing. And they all built to a moment. But they um they really set the stage to kind of have that like uh that eerie feeling like like anxiety feeling like this fucking sucks and it's the environment and the music and the um just the setting alone is just like oh god it like it's nerve-wracking like i was nerve-wrecked um and one of those moments was uh was when Emily Blunt's character left to go get uh, the oxygen tanks and stuff, and uh, the the brother was holding the baby, and he's like, oh, "I'm gonna go do something stupid," and he puts the baby <laughs> in the cradle and puts the mask on and covers it, and he turns on the oxygen tank, and you see the meter of the oxygen tank like getting so close to empty, and I'm just like, "Please don't kill this baby." You mean I, the point that we looked at each other and went, "Really?" dumb kid's gonna do the dumb thing yep yep and then uh and then later after he made a bunch of noise and drew a monster close to him and he went into the like furnace hatch lock thing and he didn't put the white cloth to stop it so uh, then he locked himself in he locked himself yeah. in and then he was like <sighs> passing off oxygen to him and his baby brother yeah um so yeah it was there was there was a moment that I did like of that, which was he was in the thing and he was kind of like starting to pass out from a lack of oxygen, and you could see that the lighter in his hand went started to dim and it went black, m- telling you there was no oxygen in it because yeah for fire you need oxygen. So, uh, John Krasinski was awesome in this still um, for the three seconds he was in it. Yeah. I I loved it. <laughs> there, there was a moment that it really made me laugh where, where John Krasinski and uh, his daughter uh, like made it to this like uh, hotel inn thing on Main Street. And there's a bunch of people in there and they're all being quiet. And uh, you see the old man who ran the store starting to like pray. Yeah, he's praying. And, and you just see off camera, you just see John Krasinski move his uh, hand over his mouth and like just be like, shh, shh, be quiet. Uh I thought that was really funny. Um, um, but then then you have a some fucker with a cell phone just and, and the monster's like freaking out and tearing shit up. But but yeah. Yeah. I I will say I hope they don't make a third one. I'm right there with you. I was all for the second one, which I'm glad we saw it. I yeah. still think it's a good movie. Yeah. It's just not as smart as the first it, one. It was a, That's all it is. It's, it, it's just not as smart as the first one. It is still really good. It still shows, like, survivability of, like, human and human nature. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the best part about Quiet Place is just 
showing human nature. It's best and it's worst. It, it's a good standalone movie, but it's also a good sequel to a great first movie. Yeah. It's just not as good as the first one. But I don't want a third one because I feel like just the way it's going, it's just going to be like it's gearing up to be a generic just like we've found the cure basically and now let's administer it like yeah and it's it's not going to be as good it's not going to be as smart of a movie it's just going to be more like hey we've moved it from this suspense thriller to an action movie like uh, action that's, horror that's movie. the way that you're kind of moving with it and i would rather not see that i would rather it be left at these two movies um i will also say between the first one and the second one, this one had a lot more jump scares. Yep. And I didn't like them. I didn't like them as much as, as the first one. First one, what, like three jump scares, really? The raccoons and like two other whatever. Yeah. This one, it seemed like every 20 minutes there was a new jump scare. She's like, this was another moment that kind of like pissed me off was when she was in the train car and she's open she opened up the door but there's obviously something like jammed in you could tell in the shot that she could slip through yeah uh but she of course isn't and she's like eh. just barely trying to reach for something yeah and she grabs the first aid kit and she's pulling it back and then oh hey the train conductor that was in there falls back and lands on her and then it's a jump scare and i was just like I didn't like it, and even before that, there was the birds in the in the train car that just decided to fly out after she entered. So there was a lot more jump scares that I did not like as much. Um, it definitely f seemed like they doubled down on it. Hey, instead of three here every so often, let's do it every twenty minutes. Why not? Yeah. So. It's not surprising though, because I would say that the the tone of the movie changed in this. Yes. It was not. A it was not that family that basically that single family just trying to survive type of a movie suspense thriller. Instead, this this was more of just showing human nature. Yeah. And so it did have a different kind of vibe to it, which I'm fine with. It, it's a different type of movie. Mm -hmm. um, but that's where I don't want the third to be another different type of movie. I'd yeah. rather they just leave it here. Yeah, I, I am actually okay with most of like the jump scares and that. Like, I'm not a huge jump scare kind of guy, but I feel like it's okay because the tone in the movie was completely different. Yeah, it was not the same as the first one. I uh, some some YouTube videos I've I've seen uh, when they review uh, like video games and there's jump scares in video games. Uh, this guy just goes star wipe and it just go like just cuts to the next scene because he's just like whatever like I hate your jump scares so star wipe and this is anytime there was a jump scare I was just thinking in my head star wipe <laughs> let's move on um um what was I gonna say apparently it wasn't that important I mean it was a little bit apparently not kind of sort of. What's your overall thought then? Um, like I said, I liked it. Um, it it sucks that it got delayed so many times because of everything. Um, because we we were about to see this movie right when the pandemic like yeah. closed stuff. Like we were we I I think we talked about like hey. Friday, we're gonna go see this movie, and you were like, "Yeah, okay." And then they were like, "Movie theaters are closed," and we were like, "Fuck!" Um, and so, 
I I hated that we had to wait so long, but I'm glad that it's finally out and uh, it was still really good. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I liked the first one a lot more. Um, to the extent where I would say the first one is probably like an eight for me, and this one's probably about a seven, seven and a half. Um, so it's still a very good movie. Uh, I was still entertained, but yeah, there was a lot of there was a lot more themes to that uh, that were kind of you had to overlook it, and there was no other way about it. Um, where the first one was like, yeah, okay, there's rockets. That that's a smart decision. Where in this one it was like, hey, am I gonna take binoculars up to this the second story window and then not use them because I need a monster here for the rest of the story? Exactly, dumb kid should have died. Yep. So, uh, but yeah, I liked it. I liked the ending. Um, uh, I don't, I don't want a third one, but they kind of. I feel like they leave it to a third one. But I'm all right with this just ending how it is. I don't need a part three because, like Brad said, it's going to be more of a, of a hey, we found a way to harm the monsters. Now we're it's hunting. Season. Yeah, we're taking the fight to them. Yeah, and and I don't need that. Even though Emily Blunt's a badass and the little girl's a badass, I don't need it. Yeah. Although, if they are going to make a third one, the kid dies. For the love of God, can it be outlawed for anybody to? bring in anything that crunches and eats or moving and talking in general. Like that was my absolute worst part about this movie, especially like the first movie, like like you said, it was so quiet, but it, it since it wasn't so well known when we went and first saw it, there's literally like three of us in the theater. And so it was just silent and it made for a better like suspense and stuff. There were multiple points in this movie where there was supposed to be suspense in that, but you constantly heard people moving their seat up and down or eating popcorn or talking or whatever else. And I'm just like, God damn it. Just leave the theater. Yeah. Leave the theater. Like, I'm way more willing to, like, accept that during, like, an endgame situation or anything where you're going to have laughing and talking. It's not as big of an issue. Not this type of movie. Oh, it pissed me off. Yeah. It pissed me off. Like, you were fine with the whole, like, like, like when he got the, in the bear (laughs) trap, but, but yeah, there was a lot more of like a, like a, oh no, look what's happening. It's like, I don't need that in my movie right now. (laughs) Um, And of course, at the end, people started clapping. I just look at Brad and he's just like, I fucking hate you. I hate you. I hate that. I numb that all. Yeah. Um, number one complaint don't freaking clap at movies like when when i watch a movie i get very excited because i enjoy movies and i like if there's a uh, like an awesome moment that happens like i i lift up my fist and i go fuck yeah like i'm just excited and i get pumped but i also don't go yeah fuck, good, good, go get them like i don't shout in movies i just i gesture in in silently yeah, yeah. um so yeah um so much to talk about. So what what did you think? I mean, I'm kind of right there with you at about a seven and a half. Although yeah. I would rank the first movie even higher. I would say to me it's closer to an eight and a half, nine. Um, just because of the pacing and everything. This movie, though, I still feel it's good. It's just a different direction. Yeah. Um, is And I'm fine with that for the most part. 
but there were just a few too many dumb moments that kind of took me out of it compared to the first one, especially with all everything that they had to go through in the first one. I feel like some of those characters should have been smarter than yeah. the way they were just flat out acting in the second one. Um, albeit for the most part, it was still brilliantly done. Um, yes. I still also like the fact that there is still a lot less talking. Now there were more talking in this movie than there was in the first one, but <laughs> there's, still a lot less talking so you have to deal with like emotion in a different way yeah um and the fact that it's average people and not like the military coming in um solutions are a bit different too and i like just the way that they're finding out different solutions to do certain different things so in general i do really like it it is probably about a seven and a half um but because it's just not as well paced and some dumber decisions it is what drops it down for me yep same. Uh, I will. I will also say that. Uh, fuck! I just lost it in my head again. <laughs> Apparently, uh, it's not important. No, I'm telling you. You said something that made me laugh, and I can't remember it. Um, I. So this is John Krasinski's like second, uh, written and directed film, and uh, I like him as as a director. I'm excited to see what else he does. And I really hope that uh, he becomes Mr. Fantastic and Emily Blunt becomes Invisible Alone and Danny DeVito becomes The Thing. No. Mole <laughs> Man. Mole Man. Um, but I, I'm excited. I will say I, I, I love uh, Emily Blunt and John Krasinski is one of my favorite uh, celebrity couples. Um, that and like Dax Shepard and Kristen Bell. Um, I was never a Brangelina. Um <laughs> But uh, done with this conversation. But um, I remember uh, an interview that John Krasinski did uh, for the first movie, and I think I've told you this before, Brad. But um, it was uh, when she was giving birth in the bathtub, and he was like, "Yeah, it's really weird directing your wife to just be like, hey, uh, you know, be more in pain while you're giving childbirth." And and sh and I think she's like, uh, "I, we've had two kids together. I think I know how to do this." Like. <laughs> Like, I just, I love the dynamic, and I love that, in a way, John Krasinski, uh, with how the first one went with him dying in it, he he was able to just be like, you know what, honey? Take the front seat on this. You're going to be a badass, because you are a badass, and a second movie comes around, still badass. So, uh, I, I'm glad that they didn't dumb it down. There was a moment where, um, after the kid uh, be got bear-trapped and stuff, uh, and the deaf girl leaves. She's like, she asks Cillian Murphy, "Hey, go, go get her, go save her." And in a moment, I had a moment where I was like, I was like, "God damn it!" They kind of like, they kind of did this thing where it's like, you need a man to save, you know, the world or whatever. But it was actually more of a logical reasoning. Was she has a new baby that she needs to take care of, and she has a son that just got bear trapped. And so in my head, I was like, you know what? Never mind. That was a uh, that was a smart decision. She had to make that decision. See, this is the media influence on you that you even had that thought because that didn't even cross my mind. Yeah, oh, of course it didn't cross your mind because you're a chauvinist pig. I'm sorry. That I don't know where that <laughs> came from. <laughs> I'm sorry. I blacked out for a little bit. But no, it was just a moment of like, it wasn't even more of a moment of of like, of like, oh, gotta keep the woman down. It wasn't like that. It was more of like. 
Uh, it sounds like that's how you thought it. I'm uh, maybe I'm not saying it the right way, but it was more of like, hey, we have Cillian Murphy here. Uh, he's a new character. We need to do a new character thing with him, more like it. But it was, it, it was just a moment of like, well, why don't you just go for it? You're a badass. You got the wham bam combo. But then again, like I said, I I thought about it a little bit more instead of just the, the gut reaction. So it's all right. You're wrong. It's okay. At least you figured it out. Yeah, took me like two seconds, but I figured it out. But but yeah. So like this movie. Uh first one's better. Uh it usually is though. That's it usually is. For me I usually like the second movies actually. Just in, just in general. It's always been like I like the second Star Wars uh, or, or episode five the over episode one's four. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> well, at the time, it was the second one, Brad. Yeah, I know. Jackass. Okay, well, maybe I like the fifth movies better. Hello, Endgame. Yeah, but, it's way more than fifth. But, <laughs> shut up. Uh, I, I've, also, uh, I've also liked Temple of Doom more than the other ones. Um, but that's for a different reason. I've always, like, I like the first one. The third one's my least favorite, but for some reason, I've always just liked to watch the second one, even though I love the first one. So, anyway, hit me on Reddit. Make another one, but not have it be shit. Actually, don't. No, because it's going to be shit. It's going to be shit. I'm just saying, in general, usually the first movie's the best. Right. And in general, the second one is probably the worst of a, of a trilogy, because they always leave it open-ended. But uh, yeah, I I usually pull towards the second one actually. Hell, uh, even even the screenplay I wrote the second one of the of my trilogy, I like the second one the most. But that's okay. You haven't read them, so, uh, Brad, where should they buy our merchandise like that? Teespring.com. And not like that. Somewhere yeah. else. That's the correct answer. Um, like and. I just said. Teespring.com. Huh? Uh, go follow us on YouTube. Uh, at Best Friends Discuss. Go uh, follow us on Facebook. At Best Friends Discuss. Go do the things. Movie review. What sh Should we do another movie review? Should well, we do I'm going to. I'm just going to do one without you, though. No. Yeah. No, you need me. No. You need, you need this charm that nah, I Nah, I'm just going to bring Scott in. How fucking dare you? <laughs> Honestly, I'll just bring my sister in for F9. Uh, because she's a fan, right? Oh, yeah. Me and her have constantly gone to, like, every Fast and the Furious movie. It's great. I, I saw posts that were just, like, it's so sad that, like, Fast and the Furious is a better franchise than, like, the DCEU. And I'm like, yeah, because it's a hundred times better. And it doesn't take itself so goddamn seriously. Like, Fast and Furious knows what the hell it is, which is just ridiculous, and it's just like, let's ride it. We don't give a shit. Just just keep going. Like, who cares? How do you think Han's going to come back? Oh. Clone? Robot? Just a superhuman? Honestly, I'm I'm feeling I'm feeling some uh, Nick Fury action here, and he's going, he went down the fucking manhole, like, right below him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I can't wait for the tenth one when they bring Gal Gadot back. I can't wait so. for the tenth <laughs> one where they bring Paul Walker back. Ooh. Too soon. Uh, yeah. Can we can we do a podcast uh, with your sister reviewing F nine? Oh, we'll see. Okay. We'll see if we can get that. That might be something to talk her into. Yeah, it's great because we've gone to every single one of them. Are you are you gonna are you planning on going with her? I figured, you know, both of us and we'll we'll go with Scott and my sister. Done deal. I'm I'm so excited for F nine. Yeah. Like what was fun about watching F nine uh many times like in theater. So the the tr- the first trailer came out during uh the Super Bowl two years ago, right? Yeah, something like that. Something like that. <laughs> Doc just shows up. Um <laughs> and and I will say the first trailer I was like I was like I'm not excited for it because it looks dumb like how F eight was. Um but then the more and more we've gone to the theaters and the more and more that it's like, hey, this is the third trailer or the second trailer, do you fucking <laughs> mind? <laughs> um get out of here, dog. Um that the He's more and more we saw different trailers and how it was cut, the more and more we got excited for. Oh, I'm so pumped for this movie. And now. and there's times where like I'll look at my brother-in-law or we'll look at our at Nick, and and he'll just be shaking his head. He's he's, he's a, an absolutely nope on this one. He he's a fan of the of the Furious movies, but he he has a line and about <laughs> F eight F eight crossed it a little bit. Um. Where you and I, when we see the trailers, we're just looking at each other and going, I'm excited. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so, fucking so. magnets? Fucking magnets. Oh, I'm so excited <laughs> for the magnets. It reminds me of, of my favorite, one of my favorite uh, of the Fast and Furious series is Fast Five. And it, it reminds me of the, of, the, uh, of the scene with the uh, bank vault getting dragged yeah. down the road. I'm excited for these magnets. What I'm not excited for is... The jet catching a car and uh, the car hitting a bridge and getting the rope tangled in the wheel well and it slingshotting. Yeah, I'm not excited for that, but I will. You know what? I, I can't wait for it because you know what's going to happen. I know exactly what's going to happen, and I can't wait just to like jump up in my seat and just be like, yes, because it's, it's going to do that. They're going to like go like slingshot. He's going to hit Nos mid-air just to make it go even further. <laughs> and then he's going to land it and still be able to drive that bitch. <laughs> like, there's no way that would ever work in real life. That's my prediction for that scene. Is he still going to be able to drive that car after he lands it after Nos uh, slingshot in himself? You know, what, you, know, you know what I want a scene to be? Is them watching, like, Dukes of Hazard and they see the, the General Lee, like, taking a ramp and, like, you know, taking a ramp, going midair, and then crashing down and still driving. And one of them just goes, that's so unbelievable. Like, I just want them to really poke fun at the franchise of just, like, how fucking ridiculous this is. I I got excited by you just saying uh, uh, NOS slingshot. <laughs> but, but, yeah, I'm not looking forward to that. Honestly, I would this, – this would be my favorite movie if one thing happens. This would be my favorite movie. It would top Iron Giant and Die Hard if when he r- rides into the bridge and gets the rope tangle around the wheel and and is in slingshot motion because, A, I don't know how he's going to get the rope off, right? I want it to get slingshot, but then it to come back and then just hit 
the the side of the island and just explode and vin diesel dies in in the crash like it would be my favorite movie i not for vin diesel to die but dom toretto to die <laughs> and and even more so it would be my favorite movie if he just like comes out of the of the flaming wreck like pushes the kicks the door open and he's just like you know what never dies family and he pops open a corona and drinks it as he's as he's just marching towards john cena oh we should write a a, a fast and furious franchise that might be fun to do i will but with scenes like that you're not writing it fuck off <laughs> fuck off that 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 could not happen in a movie we watch hobbs and shaw together don't you forget where where dwayne the rock johnson is is free falling from a, a skyscraper and tackling a man and then hitting glass. All right. Fuck off that. That can't be a scene with Dom Toretto. He fucking <laughs> caught Letty in midair. He catches a car in, in the F nine trailer. Fuck off with, with a scene like oh. that. I'm all hot and bothered now. <laughs> My stars and garters. <laughs> My stars and garters. So, uh, but it would be fun to write a, Fast and Furious franchise movie. <laughs> so, all right. We're going to end this. This was fun. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, audience. Uh, take it to